Hey, Unchained listeners. As you know, it's hard keeping up with the fast-paced world of crypto, so we've got just the thing for you. Subscribe to our free Unchained daily newsletter at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. You'll get the latest crypto news and original articles from our reporters, as well as summaries of other happenings and bullet points, plus our meme of the day, all curated and written by our amazing team. It's still your no-hype resource for all things crypto, just in newsletter form. Sign up at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, all. Happy holidays. I hope this year was a wonderful one for you, full of growth, adventure, learning, fun, magic, and magic internet money. For the end of year, actually end of decade festivities, we at Unchained will be doing a giveaway. Woohoo! Of all kinds of nice items that we accumulated this year. If you want to win one of these nine lovely items, here's what you have to do. One, tweet about Unchained with a link to your favorite episode or the show itself. Two, give us a favorable review on a podcast platform such as Apple Podcasts. Three, send us links to your tweet and your review. Plus, name your top three swag items in order of preference, as well as how you'd like to be called when we announce the winners on the show. Also include your mailing address, but don't worry, we will not be naming that on the show. Email all this to hello at unchainedpodcast.com with the subject line giveaway by midnight on Sunday, January 5th, 2020. These are the items we're sending to nine lucky winners. I will put the link, the text of this in the show notes as well, so you can name your top choice items easily. A ballet crypto wallet. A ballet crypto wallet sample. The main difference between these two is that the sample has less fancy packaging. A copy of the little Bitcoin book that I bought before I got a signed copy from none other than Jimmy Song. A copy of Bitcoin Billionaires, which I got from the publisher to do the Ben Mesrich interview on Unconfirmed, before Tyler and Karen Winklevoss sent me a signed copy. A three and three quarter inch unchained rabbit sticker. A black three inch unchained logo sticker. A five inch unchained rabbit hole sticker. A mug of the Crypto Rabbit listing to Unchained. An old school unchained logo baseball cap. A white unchained Crypto Rabbit hole t-shirt in extra small. A gray unchained crypto rabbit hole t-shirt in extra small. A black unchained crypto rabbit hole t-shirt in extra small. And that's everything. Since I don't imagine I have a ton of listeners who wear extra small, this is the time for the ladies to step up. Or if you're a parent and want to give this to your child, because yes, if you squint hard enough, I could potentially be considered the size of a child, then these t-shirts are for you. If you are one of the winners, we obviously can't guarantee you'll receive your top choice swag. However, we will do our best. Again, to enter to win, tweet about the show with a link, review us on a podcast app, and then send the links to both of those to us at hello at unchainedpodcast.com with a subject line giveaway, along with your preferred picks for swag by midnight on Sunday, January 5th. Good luck, and we will announce the winners and send the swag out in 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unconfirmed, the podcast that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin. Crypto.com. Get their app and buy crypto at true cost. Get a metal MCO Visa card with up to 5% back on all your spending. Download the Crypto.com app today. eToro is one of the largest trading platforms in the world with over $1 trillion in trading volume on the platform per year. 
U.S. customers can trade the most popular crypto assets with transparent fees. Create an account today at eToro.com. That's E-T-O-R-O.com. CypherTree's cutting-edge cryptocurrency intelligence powers anti-money laundering, blockchain analytics, and threat intel. Leading exchanges, virtual currency businesses, banks, and regulators themselves use CypherTrace to comply with regulation and to monitor compliance. Today's topic is SIM swapping. I'm going to tell you the story of how I got SIM swapped. Since this episode comes out over the holidays, when, perhaps, you're with family whose digital lives may not be that secure, I'm hoping that this story can be useful to you and your loved ones. Just one quick note before we begin, I'm actually recording this before the holidays, so there will be no news recap at the end of today's show. The very night of my return home from DevCon in Japan, I had unpacked and unwound a bit from a grueling 23-hour flight. Yes, that is what I did in order to avoid the typhoon that was about to hit Japan. I'd actually decided to turn in early, but I suddenly remembered something I needed to do ASAP. So I stayed up a bit longer to do that. And I only mention this because if I'd actually gone to bed as early as I'd wanted to, the situation I'm about to describe could have been worse. Anyway, when I was done, slightly after 10 p.m., I noticed I didn't have cell service. I thought maybe having been out of the country had screwed it up, but I also remembered that I'd had cell service in the airport, which was how I'd taken a lift home. I didn't think much of it, though. I figured it would be restored shortly, and I still had Wi-Fi. A few minutes later, I checked my email and saw a message saying, password changed for your Yahoo account. It was sent at 10, 18 p.m. Thinking that perhaps a hacker was trying to log into my Yahoo account and it had triggered an email to my normal email address, and thinking, therefore, that this person would not be able to get into my account, I clicked on the link in the email to change the password myself. But when I did, it asked me to give my phone number. And at that moment, I put two and two together and realized that the reason my phone wasn't working was because someone had stolen my number and now they had gotten into my old Yahoo email addresses too. If you're not familiar with this type of attack, here's how it goes. A hacker gets the phone number of a victim somehow, usually not through some high-tech coding wizardry, but simply by tricking a customer service representative at a mobile carrier. Let's say you're the victim. Once the hacker has all your texts and phone calls going to their device, they then pretend to log into your email and hit forgot password, which sends a code to you, although not really you, via text message. And at that point, all of the texts to your phone are actually showing up on the hacker's device. They then use the code to change your password and lock you out of your account. And once they have access to your email, they can get into pretty much any account of yours that they want. If you own cryptocurrency, this could potentially even mean logging into an account you have at a cryptocurrency exchange and sending your coins to their own wallet, leaving you robbed. This type of attack is often called SIM swapping, but depending on the technicalities of what happened, it can also be called phone porting. And in an article I wrote years ago, I was calling it phone hijacking. By the way, I also did an episode of Unchained on this type of attack last summer, so you should definitely check it out. I will link to it in the show notes. However, going back to what happened to me that night upon my return from DevCon, there are a couple notes on what I thought happened versus what actually happened. First, as I mentioned earlier, 
My initial thought in seeing the email was that the hacker had been trying to get into my email, but they hadn't been able to since doing so had triggered an email to me. That was incorrect. Had I taken the time to read the email that was triggered, I would have seen that it actually said, the password for your Yahoo account, blank, I'm not going to say what the email address is here on the show, was recently changed. If you made this change, you're all set. Didn't change your password? Please take these steps to secure your account. One, recover your account here. Login.yahoo.com slash forgot. Two, review your phone numbers and email addresses and remove the ones that don't belong to you. Login.yahoo.com slash account slash security. Just take a moment here to note that the first link assumes that either you forgot or that there's some phone number that doesn't belong to you. There's no scenario where it's like somebody stole my phone number. But anyway, point is, at the moment I clicked on the link in the email, the hacker already was in my old Yahoo account and they had control over it. So the second difference between what I thought happened versus what actually happened is that another email had also been sent, also at 10.18 p.m., titled, Sign In Notification from Yahoo!, Weirdly, this email actually arrived before the password change email, even though the two steps must have happened in the opposite order. And the main reason that this is crazy is that I actually didn't even see this email until mid-December when I went to write the script for this podcast. Anyway, this email says, quote, hi, Laura. And this is the, you know, then they say the the, uh, email address that I don't use anymore at yahoo.com. We sent a code to... Then they list my real phone number, which I'm definitely not going to reveal on this podcast, which was used to sign into your account. This sign-in was on device Chrome Windows NT when October 11th, 2019, 718 p.m. PDT, where Netherlands, they even list the IP address. I won't out the hacker here by listing the IP address. If this was you, you're all set. If this wasn't you, Please take these steps to secure your account. One, review your phone numbers and email addresses and remove the ones that don't belong to you. Login.com slash account slash security. Review your, you re- review your account's activity and remove the devices and apps that you don't recognize. Login.yahoo.com slash account slash activity. First of all, I don't have a Windows account. And second, I was nowhere near the Netherlands at that moment. Second, the part where it says, if this wasn't you, please take these steps. Well, it was impossible for me to do those things since the hacker had locked me out of my account. I had actually deleted my Yahoo email addresses a while back after it was revealed that every single Yahoo email address had in existence had been hacked. But one question I had was, when the hacker got into my account, did that reactivate everything and give them access to my old emails? Since I don't use those email addresses for anything sensitive, I was pretty sure that as long as those accounts were empty, those email addresses were not going to make me vulnerable. The other thing I was fairly certain of was that I had disconnected my phone number from all my important accounts. Three years ago, when I first wrote about this phenomenon, the phone hijacking phenomenon, I had removed my main number from all my accounts, replacing it with a Google Voice number, and also putting non-text-based two-factor authentication on all those accounts. For my own security reasons, I'm not going to go into too much detail on how I secure my devices and accounts now, but I wasn't sure if I had missed any in my first attempt to secure them three years ago. 
So I hopped on the phone with all my financial institutions and also checked the websites for other financial accounts just to make sure. Again, without going into too much detail on this, let's just say, if you do this with a customer service representative, ask them questions or answer any question they ask you in a way where you make sure 100% that your true mobile number is not at all affiliated with your account. You just need to go through all the different possible scenarios and just double check and triple check everything. Going through this exercise in a panic state did make me realize that I was still vulnerable in a few ways. For instance, it turned out that a crypto app that I use infrequently, but that is connected to my bank account, was connected to my phone number. I had actually opened that account long ago, right when I first started reporting on this space in 2015, to test the app for the Forbes Fintech 50 list. So if you have any random accounts that you haven't used in a very long time lying around, you should also remember to close those down or at least disconnect them from your phone number. The main frustration I had at this point was also that the timing was very bad. Since it was late on a Friday night, no physical stores were open and none would be for several hours. Meanwhile, the customer service representatives I reached could not even understand what I was saying to them. They did not appear to be familiar with the concept of SIM swapping or phone porting. They were asking me if my phone was stolen, but they did not know about the phenomenon of a phone number being stolen. Finally, after getting the idea across to one customer service representative, he promised he would freeze my number so that no calls or texts meant for me would be delivered to the hacker's phone until the next morning when the main customer service offices opened. Sometime in this time frame, I also posted on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn informing people of what had happened. For instance, at 11.07 p.m., I tweeted, I've been SIM swapped, so please do not trust any unsolicited messages you get from me on any platform. Of course, Tao Stellar tweeted back, how do we know this is really you, Laura? Which is sort of true, except that, of course, if I had been the hacker, I feel quite certain that, you know, or not I, but if the hacker really had gotten a hold of my Twitter account, I feel quite certain they would not have revealed that this happened. (laughs) Anyway, sometime in here, also sometime in here, perhaps because I was not making good headway with the customer service representatives, I did DM my mobile carrier saying things like, I've been SIM swapped. Can you help me get my phone number back? This was at 11.36 p.m. Then, I'm trying to call you but not getting any help. I also want a detailed accounting of how this happened because I have a PIN number on my account. 11.39 p.m. Hi, can you help me? That was at 11.45 p.m. (laughs) Finally, at 11.50 p.m. Hi, dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Anyone there? Question mark. But finally, a couple of hours after my Yahoo email was breached, seeing no response from my mobile carrier and feeling fairly, fairly satisfied that all my accounts were locked down and that the hacker couldn't get into anything useful, even with my phone number, and also thinking that my phone number had been suspended, I finally went to bed. In a moment, we're going to discuss how my number got SIM swapped. But first, a quick word from the sponsors who make this show possible. Will the world follow France and advocate banning privacy coins? Will government-backed stablecoins become the new fiat? Are distributed and peer-to-peer exchanges just a flash in the pan? The answer is maybe. Virtual currencies can flourish and create a new, private, and more versatile economy. 
But that grand vision can't happen without keeping crypto clean. And that requires support of governments and accountability for bad actors. Privacy-enhanced compliance using cryptographic controls has the potential to preserve anonymity without compromising legitimate investigations. CypherTrace is working on this vision of the future. Sign up to stay up to date on the Privacy-Enhanced Compliance Initiative and receive authoritative crypto AML reports quarterly. www.cyphertrace.com slash keep crypto clean. Are you interested in getting into the cryptocurrency markets but don't know where to start building your portfolio? eToro has the answer for you. It's called CopyTrader by eToro. With CopyTrader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders at the exact price in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply sign up and copy the trader of your choice. Any profits they make, you do too, proportional to your investment. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees, all in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com. That's E-T-O-R-O dot com. Crypto.com. Have you seen the MCO Visa card? A metal card loaded with perks, up to 5% back and unlimited airport lounge access. They pay for your Spotify and Netflix too. What's not to love? Crypto.com has recently launched its exchange and crypto fundraising platform, The Syndicate. There's a 50% off stellar listing event starting from January 15th, 2020. Sign up on the exchange now and stay tuned for more listings. Back to my story about getting SIM swapped. The next morning, I called my mobile carrier at 8 a.m. when the customer service lines were open to see if I could get them to give me my phone number back. At this point, I found out that the customer service rep from the night before actually had not suspended my account. So the hacker could have potentially been having all manner of code sent to their phone to log me out of my accounts all night. This again struck fear in my heart. Even though I thought I had been sep- I had separated my phone number from all my important accounts, I wasn't 100% sure if I'd actually been successful. I mean, come on, there are a gazillion accounts that we all own everywhere. Like, I'm sure there is one or two I'd forgotten about. As I alluded to earlier, the night before, I had realized that one of my financial accounts was still somewhat connected to my mobile number. So I did wonder, while I was sleeping, what kind of havoc was my hacker wreaking on my life? I also found out that in order to get my phone number back, I had to go to a physical store and the nearest one opened at 10 a.m. So a few hours later, I walked over there and again, I had to explain the concept of a phone number as opposed to a phone being stolen. I vaguely remember a who's on first type of situation where the store rep told me I had moved the number to a different device the night before and I had to explain that that wasn't me. (laughs) Anyway, eventually, I did get my number back and on my walk back home, I got a call from someone who said he was calling from the office of the president of my mobile carrier. My first thought was, oh shoot, am I getting special treatment because I'm a journalist? And I know this might sound stupid, but this was the moment where I realized that even though I had been Twitter DMing my mobile carrier about my number being stolen, I guess because that feels like a text message, it didn't occur to me that, of course, then they would be able to check out my profile and see it was a journalist. Anyway, I don't remember all the details of what he said to me at that point, but I did relay that I just gotten my number back and I asked him several questions such as, why did the pin code on my account not protect my number? How did this happen, etc.? He said they would do an investigation and give me the results. He also said he would put my number on a protected list. 
And at the end, he asked if I needed anything else. And I asked if he knew how I might get my Yahoo email addresses back since I had no idea if it would be easy or hard for me to let myself back into those. I do have one person I interviewed about this who like forever, I, I actually don't want to say how long it took him to get his Gmail address back because it will, you know, I don't remember the exact length of time, but it was very, very long, like months, if not even a year or longer. When I got home, I was able to actually easily let myself back into my Yahoo email accounts on my own. And thankfully, I did see that they were empty since I had deleted them. It appeared that reactivating them did not give the hackers access to any information. Thank God. After that, aside from some random things like my iMessages being a little screwed up for a while, things basically went back to normal. Five days later, the representative from the president's office emailed me. It appears that when the SIM swap was completed, the fraudulent SIM was registered in Germany. Later on, I interviewed him for this show to get more details, and he said that one of my mobile carrier's authorized retailers had been fished. He said that in broad strokes, in a situation like this, usually the hacker will call the store claiming to be from my mobile carrier's IT support, saying, we're going to be running an update script overnight. Then they will send the employee a link to log in. Oftentimes, they will actually do this at the end of the shift when the employees are more distracted and not thinking as clearly, and presumably also wanting to close up and get out of there. This employee at this particular authorized retailer did click the link the Fisher sent them and entered their global credentials. At that point, the hackers had access to my mobile carrier system. Additionally, the fraudster also now had that employee's login credentials, plus was able to install malware on that computer in that authorized retail location. In a situation like this, the hacker's next step is to go through a list of phone numbers that they've identified as their targets and as quickly as possible, conduct the the SIM swaps at that point. And for whatever numbers they do obtain, they are then on the clock to get into as many email addresses as possible. In the past, when I reported on this, Jared Kenna, the founder of the defunct Bitcoin exchange Tradehill, said he had been locked out of some out of 30-some accounts within seven minutes of having his phone number stolen. Law enforcement and mobile carriers believe that large organized groups perpetrate these attacks and have the process down pat so as to get into as many accounts as quickly as possible and get as much money from the hack as they can. My mobile carrier says that if the system noticed a bunch of SIM swaps after the hours of the authorized retailer's opening— The fraud alert system will go off and kill that employee's login credentials, and the company will send someone in to unplug that machine that was infected. My mobile carrier also said that it has now removed the ability of authorized retailers to do SIM swaps from their desktops. Previously, they would instruct employees on not processing SIM swaps in a way that could potentially let fraudsters in. But since not everyone followed protocol, there was a certain defect rate. However, now with the ability to SIM swap via desktop disabled, the only way to do it is with an iPad, which has a system that the carrier can control more tightly. So now that I've explained all this to you, can you spot the reason that my PIN code didn't protect me in this situation? The reason my PIN code was basically irrelevant is because the system thought that the Fisher was an employee. Also, in the past, employees had the ability to bypass requests for a customer's credentials. But now the mobile carrier says it has removed the ability to bypass requests. This was instituted in between the time my number was SIM swapped in early October and in early December, the last time I spoke with a spokesperson from the office of the president. He says they were spurred to change this process due to a run of SIM swaps over the summer. 
I was a little skeptical that this was a bigger phenomenon in 2019 than it had been in 2017, but he couldn't give me hard numbers on how big it was then versus now. Without those, I guess I could say that perhaps, even though cryptocurrency was a much bigger phenomenon in 2017 among both everyday people as well as hackers, the groups now could have gotten more organized or it's just that there's more word about this type of crime has been spread. Most likely, this was due to organized groups interested in coveted social media accounts as well as social, uh, as well as cryptocurrency. He did say, however, that the new trend they're dealing with is people faking IDs and going into stores, pretending to be the victims in order to steal their phone numbers. I did also ask him if he had contacted me because I was a journalist, but he said that in a situation like this where a bunch of phone numbers were stolen all at once from one breach, his office will call all the people who had been SIM swapped to remediate. I asked him what would be the best way for anybody who had been a victim of this type of hacking to remediate the situation. And he said, actually, the best way is to use your social media account to contact the carrier, either by tweet or DM. He said that will get their attention more quickly. He also said you could immediately contact the FCC to make a complaint about an urgent matter with your wireless service, because that will actually immediately alert the carrier as well. He gave me the link to do that, so I've put that in the show notes in case you want to bookmark it. And he said the reason that my account was not suspended, even though the customer service rep had promised me that he would do so, was likely just due to a billing issue and the system wouldn't let him do that. Also, he added me to a protected list that is for people who have previously been targeted in a SIM swap so that in the future, if another SIM swap is attempted, a pop-up saying fraud restriction will come up. However, he did warn me that this protection is not foolproof. He called it a stopgap measure and said it's not available to all customers. However, if another attempt to SIM swap is made and this fraud restriction notification pops up, the carrier might then be aware that this customer's ID has been compromised. When I asked him for tips on how to not be a victim of such an attack, he said to make sure to install a six to eight digit pin code on your account, to change your password every few months, and to limit the number of financial accounts and social media accounts linked to your wireless number. I would also add to de-link any data accounts such as iCloud, Evernote, Dropbox, etc. Obviously, there's been huge news about celebrity photos being hacked and shared, and some of the photos, some of the people I've interviewed about being targeted this way have told me stories of having money wired out of their bank account or of seeing the hackers search for the names of executives of big Bitcoin companies in their Dropbox. Amazingly, despite the fact that he worked for one of the major major mobile carriers, he also recommended having a separate Google voice number, not linked to your main email address in any way, shape, or form. Something that, from a security perspective, is completely disconnected from all your other accounts. You can, however, forward the texts and phone calls to your main device. For instance, iPhones have a Google voice app that makes it easy to receive calls and texts there. Once this is set up, you can use this phone number for any 2FA or phone calls. Just make sure that your phone number is completely completely deleted from any accounts where you make the switch. So again, to prevent yourself from falling victim to an attack like this, create a new Google account that is completely unconnected from any account you own. Set up a Google Voice number on it and swap out your mobile number for this Google Voice number on every single account you own. Financial, cryptocurrency, data, social media, domain name registrations, e-commerce, etc. Put a six to eight digit pin code on your mobile carrier account. And in general, don't be that vocal about owning cryptocurrency or giving anyone tips on your technology or security setup. 
For instance, I debated naming my mobile carrier for this episode. Ultimately, I decided there's no reason to broadcast that to tens of thousands of people since what happened to me has nothing to do with that particular carrier anyway. When I reported on this phenomenon back in 2016, every single major carrier that uses customer service reps had customers who had had their phones hijacked. So don't think that this only happens to customers of X, Y, or Z company. No, it's happened to customers of all the major characters, carriers. So that is it. That's my crazy story of how I was sim swapped. And thankfully, because I had written about this in depth, I was prepared. And hopefully you will be too. I really don't want to hear of any listeners who, who fall victim to this. Again, this is such a terrible thing to happen. It makes you feel very vulnerable. And on top of that, you know, can leave you in a bad state with your data and your money. To learn more about swim swapping and how to protect yourself from this widespread phenomenon in crypto, be sure to check out both the unconfirmed episode about this, sorry, the unchained episode about this, as well as my 2016 Forbes article, which sadly isn't really that out of date, even though it's three years old. I've got the links to both of those in the show notes of your podcast player. If you're not all tapped out by holiday shopping, don't forget to check out the Unchained Merchandise Shop where you can get t-shirts, decals, mugs, and hats that support the show. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Factual Recording, Anthony Yoon, Daniel Ness, Josh Durham, and the team at CLK Transcription. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.